0: Welcome to In My Headache. I'm Aaron Rhodes.
1: And I'm Bill Brownlee. Aaron is the oldest member of Gen Z.
0: Bill is the world's youngest baby boomer.
1: Aaron and I argue about and sometimes agree on the music we love and hate on In My Headache.
0: In each episode, Bill and I debate the merits of two new albums and one vintage recording.
1: In this edition of In My Headache, Aaron and I judge the latest releases from the groundbreaking pop star, I Love McConan and the sophisticated crooner, Nora Jones. We also revisit Gucci Mane's 2009 mixtape, The Burr Print, the movie 3D.
0: In My Headache is sponsored by The Vinyl Underground at 7th Heaven, offering new and used vinyl at 76th and Troost in Kansas City, Missouri. Alright, so uh, we're gonna start off today's show with uh, the new album from I Love McConan titled My Parade. Uh I Love McConan is um as Bill Bill outlined at the beginning and in, in the intro, a what you might call a groundbreaking pop star. I, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with that assessment. Um, he is most well-known for his hit song, Tuesday, which came out in the somewhere in the early 10s. I should have bothered to look this up, but I did not. Um, made famous um, with a remix. Well, it had kind of its own uh, viral power, but was bolstered by um a remix from Drake. And I believe um was signed for at least a small amount of time to Drake's OVO label. Um, But that's really like he had he had that one hit. And then kind of the misfortunes just started coming and did not really stop for a while. He didn't really manage to have another chart topping hit like Tuesday. And then he's kind of like quietly dropped from OVO. He had some disagreements with Drake about, I believe, just the way they were promoting him. Like he felt like kind of ignored. And then there were headlines about how um, he took offense to um, a homophobic remark that um, the Migos made and he wasn't happy with their apology for that. And then... Um, he had been working for a while with um, the late Lil Peep and um, I believe they were romantically involved briefly but were at least close friends and of course Lil Peep uh, passed away a few years ago and so and McConan is yet to really have another big hit following this kind of all this misfortune but um, I think a lot of people really owe their some of their sound right now to what McConan has done. He kind of, I'm, I'm, I, I picked this album one because I, I'd enjoyed it a lot, but also I believe McConan is just underappreciated as a, um, a pioneer of the, uh, modern sing rap style. And, um, this new this new record from him is a really fun listen. I think it starts a little bit slow. I was I was kind of like cautious after the first few songs. Like the choruses were a little grating, it was a little kinda I don't know, the rhymes were kind of generic on a few of them, but the verses were fine, I I thought. But um after a few a few tracks in, it it really picks up and doesn't really uh I mean, from maybe track four, I think, through the end of the project, I, there wasn't a song I didn't enjoy. Bill, how, how, did you, how do you feel about my parade?
1: I suspect that you already know that I believe you chose I Love McConan's new album with the intent of provoking me. What? Because I can't stand a single moment of this album And because I'm so dedicated to this podcast, I listened to the album several times. But today, a few hours ago, I found myself in a parking lot, stranded, no Bluetooth, no headphones. So I listened to it through the little speakers on my phone. And I'm like, oh, it sounds better like this than on a nice stereo or in my car or on headphones. So that tells you all I need to know. It's this is the worst element in my mind of your generation. It's infantile. It's a name. And songs like whoopsie fill me with a violent rage.
0: That that one is the most the most grating. That was I was kind of like, what am am I in for here? But I don't know. I, I will soon argue my
1: I'll make my argument. Well, you know, it's it's so druggy and infantile that the album sounds like the soundtrack for an episode of Teletubbies in which Tinky Winky breaks into a marijuana dispensary.
0: <laughs> you proud of that one, Bill?
1: I'm very proud of that, <laughs> because that that that's exactly what my parade sounds like. This is just complete idiocy with uh, a veil of psychedelia over it
0: well (laughs) Um, okay let me uh, attempt to mount my my argument here um one i think overall it's just uh i think it's harmless fun is is what a lot of these sounds are and i don't know you're bill you're you're very open-minded listener of course that's why we do the podcast um what, what separate, like, I, I've seen you, you know, happy about, I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, like Post Malone or like kind of emo rap, pop punk rap stuff. Like what specifically makes this like particularly like cheap or lazy to you?
1: Yeah. I, stupidity is not a deal breaker in and of itself for me. I like a lot of dumb music, Yeah, you know, whether it's, Post Malone or the Ramones. But this is just childish to a fault. This is, you know it, it the, the fact that Lil B is on the album and Lil B endorses I Love McConan, you is know, it is is is, is, an, is another red flag. This is not just a fun party, this is a fun party for six-year-olds. I'd, I'd, I honestly, I'd rather listen to Baby Shark over and over again than my parade.
0: Uh, Baby Shark is kind of um, a, a hit, kind of a slapper. So um, not I, I will not be denigrating Baby Shark on this program. And um, your dislike of Little B now has me tempted to um make one of our throwbacks a little b's oh five fuck 'em, the 100 song mixtape just to <laughs> just to do that <laughs> but i don't know i i think oh as okay so you're I, have, have you been a McConan fan at at any point in, in have you been a fan of any or did you like tuesday or any of the well, yeah I mean songs the, that the, followed it the,
1: the, there's no one on the planet uh who doesn't like the hit i mean they're how, how could he not you know th- and yet there was that moment where he's like oh this is fresh you know just kind of like in a de la soul kind of way it's like oh this guy's going to be really interesting and do creative things but instead he's regressed into this romper room type thing that just doesn't appeal to me and i say that but there are not only is there a uh, Whoops. not only is there whoopsie, but songs like if I if it's cool, the, the the main line is maybe remember it, Eric. I mean Aaron. I can't even remember your name. That's how upset I am. I just want a sex sex sexia all across the room. I have That's no great. problem
0: with that sentiment. Just great. <laughs> no, yeah. Okay, so I think my my main um, I figured out what my main uh, argument for for Maconan is. Is I think I, I he he is just kind of a classic outsider figure, kind of like a classic alternative that takes the thing. He's so he's he's from Atlanta, the Atlanta area. He is taking this production style, like a lot of the a lot of the elements of. Atlanta trap, which was like kind of blowing up as we'll discuss around, around the 2010 era. Um, And he takes a lot of those elements, but kind of flips them on their head. Like he has like, so, you know, the, the trap music of that era is all about being like the toughest guy, like having the most women, like selling drugs, all that stuff. Um, but i don't know he he approaches it with like a like he ha- of course he has like this higher pitched voice and this kind of like breathy vocal style and as as we highlighted before um he he is uh, bisexual i believe and i don't know the it kind of like takes the air out of the kind of macho energy that regular trap music brings and kind of like He's, you know, he's queering trap music, quote unquote, I, I think. And I think that's a really fun and kind of brave thing to do, considering how kind of insecure some, some people in that realm can be about, like, their sexuality and stuff like that. And I think he has, you know, he has just kind of pop songwriting chops as well. Like, uh, he takes a lot of, and he's, yeah, and he's, of course, with having said all this, like, of course he's like down to take risks in his songwriting there's a song i can see it in your eyes which is like a very weird kind of oddball crooner song and then it the the beat changes into a break beat like halfway through the song and i think both of those things against all odds kind of end up working and then he does um there i think after that there's what you're trying to do which is like kind of a it's kind of funny it's like a. Acoustic guitar indie pop song that sounds like it could be in some like 2000s like indie rom-com and that one somehow works also and I don't know then there's whip it harder, which is kind of returning to the themes. Um, he had a uh, song whip it uh, that came out, I think, after Tuesday, which was like a minor hit of his and then there's um, wrist that he did with uh, father. I believe back then, and I think would harder is just kind of a a more current take on some of those themes too. so I don't know I think there's uh, a lot to to love about this one, and uh, we we will be agreeing to disagree, I suppose
1: yeah, he's capable I think, of doing something that Bill Brownlee will enjoy in the future. Mm-hmm. this is just not it if uh, he's in the room with the right producer, at the right moment, he might do something really important. But all, uh, all the things you cite as positives, Aaron's, Aaron, those are on paper, not in the music itself. And those are two wildly different things.
0: I respect that. Um, oh, a couple, couple points I missed real quick that I wanna hit before we move on. Um, More Bitches Than The Mayor with Phoebe, the song you mentioned um i i kind of love just that song just as a throwback to early tens uh hip-hop which is kind of funny it's like a a very quick nostalgia i'm feeling for i don't know when when uh like trap adjacent like trap music and the music adjacent to it was like still like kind of new and it felt like kind of wild west ish you know and then all I want to see is like, I don't know. I kind of see that song with the the production on that being him kind of like taking the torch from Lil Peep. Like it's very it's very kind of emo pop rap on that song, and I kind of like that. Maybe that's a small tribute to to Lil Peep on that one. But yeah, unless you have any closing notes, we can move on to your pick for this week.
1: Yeah, Aaron, for people in my demographic, loving Nora Jones is an involuntary reflex. We didn't have any choice when we bought our CDs in the first decade of the millennium. And I reckon I could build a little free library box wholly from the jewel cases of all the Nora Jones CDs stacked up in a radius of one mile from my home and still i'd have enough uh to fill it up with the actual discs uh, she is one of the strongest brands in music she's synonymous with good taste uh, she's 42 now as most people know she's a daughter of the uh, indian legend Ravi shankar uh, in 2003, she was named best New Artist at the Grammys, her album. Her de- debut on Blue Note was uh, the album of the year. And uh, even though she's records for Blue Note, she's mistaken for a jazz artist, but that's not really right because she mixes equal amounts of country folk and pop with the jazz. And at the height of her fame, she put out a, a live DVD, but her new release, Till We Meet Again, is her first live album uh, recorded a few years ago at uh, tour stops around the world.
0: Can a nation built on blood, find its way out of the mud where the people at the top lose their way enough to stop, can we?
1: Just when you came in with your pick of I Love McConan, I'm like, oh, I know how to respond. I know how to get Aaron's goat. I'm going to go with Nora Jones and make Aaron listen to that. So how painful was this for you?
0: Um, I'm going to let you down here, Bill. It was not all that painful. Um, if, if your mission was to to bore me with tradition and Easy listening. Um, you did not fully succeed. Um, near the end of the recording, I I did kind of feel like some of the the sounds were a little bit recycled. Like I'm like, did I did I not hear this song a few minutes ago? She she kind of plays on some of I don't know. She knows her strengths, and this this album is her. I'm I assume playing to all of those strengths as often as possible pretty much um and uh, i i know that uh i'm sure this was uh, a favorite of yours due to its lack of any and all banter in 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 the live album
1: how about that
0: yeah uh yeah no I, i recognized um begin again and maybe a couple other songs i'm not all too familiar with her catalog but um that song being kind of about uh, you know, fighting for meaningful change and stuff. Like, I guess it's kind of eternally, um, current, you know, in, in terms of America, just cause you know, what are, are things going to get better? Probably not. Who knows she's, um, woke. She she's, she's woke. Um, and then, I don't know. Yeah. She like pl- another one of her strengths, I think is. I noticed this on after the fall and maybe a song or two after that is like, she really knows how to like let her vocals kind of linger at the end of a line or like in the chorus. And it, it lets you kind of, um, think about, I don't know, just the resonance in her voice and just how, how pleasant her voice is. Um, yeah, no, and there was I'll Be Gone, which kind of like I, I looked it up and I'm like, this is this like a standard that I don't know? But I, I think sh- that that's an original, uh, maybe not written by her, but for her.
1: Yeah, she had a lot of uh, people uh, that she collaborated with early in her career. And, yeah, some of the songs are, are really nice. But, yeah, this, this is, you know, as, as you're suggesting, this is, you know, grown up dinner party music yeah you know where you can put, have it in the background and everyone thinks you're tasteful or you, you could you know listen attentively but there's a reason you know back in at the, her peak that her detractors would often call her snora jones oh. yeah and you know there'd be jokes it you know you'd have to you know that maybe Concert ticket should come with pillows, that sort of thing. And this is, this is, I mean, that's what she does and that's who she is. And this is kind of a sleepy, chill live album. Uh, But yeah, it does showcase her beautiful voice and a nice band and it's tasteful with a capital T. Yeah.
0: uh, And listening to this did she has she collaborated before with John Mayer because like it seems like a very similar (laughs) lane that they both (laughs) occupy. and it makes me interested to revisit like oh visit for the first time really like some of the early John
1: Mayer catalog oh man uh she it, it She's an album that you might want to check out. I forget what it's called, but it's all her collaborations with other people. Mm. Uh, she, you know, she's on the the big Outcast album. Yeah, yeah. She's uh, she does all these uh, things with uh, Billy Joe from Green Day. She uh, they do Everly Brothers covers. Uh, she's recorded with Bell and Sebastian, with Herbie Hancock, uh, Willie Nelson, of course. Uh, so you know other artists love her as, as I love her. But again, it's not like, you know, she'll never be anyone's favorite artist. I don't think, but I just can't help but adore her.
0: Yeah. um, So
1: yeah, this won't even make my top 10 of the month, but it's, it's so nice and pleasant.
0: Yeah. No. And I, I, I kind of noticed as I was listening to this album that you know, I mean, you know, of course the, the piano sounds great. And I think what made that strike me was just like how prominent that synths are in popular music right now. So like anytime I hear like a solid performance with like a classic piano sound on it, I'm like, Oh, this sounds great. Wow. Oh, wow. This is amazing. Why don't people use pianos more? And of course, everyone everyone uses pianos just like I, I need to seek out more piano music
1: my peers unfortunately tend to say oh finally some real music you mm. know in quotes and that's yep. such a huge trigger for me because what, you know, what they're saying is music then was better music now is terrible I don't like uh, hip-hop I don't like the direction rock has taken I'm not interested in anything except my old Carol King and Joni Mitchell records, boy, that, uh, that sets me off. Yeah. But Nora exemplifies that, but, but even so it's not Nora's fault. Yeah.
0: No. And I think um, we, we didn't, it's, it, it's funny. It would have been kind of a good intro topic at some point, but we didn't talk about the Grammys this year at all. And I don't mean to get into a whole discussion about the Grammys, but I'm pretty sure it was the youngest average age performers of at the Grammys this year than like any other year and uh, maybe not so coincidentally I think it was maybe the best Grammys broadcast that I've seen in the last several years so take take you know do with that information what you will oh but also I want before we close on this I wanted to get your thoughts on the closing rendition of Black Hole Sun, which I thought was a thoughtful selection and a solid performance, but I wish she went a little bit harder in her vocal performance.
1: Well, the story has it that she was at the Fox Theater in Detroit a few days after Soundgarden played there, and a few days after Chris Cornell died, which also means it's a few days after my scathing review of Soundgarden's concert in Kansas City that same year. So I, I feel terrible about that. So she clearly had death on her mind and she was performing this as an elegy to Chris Cornell.
0: Oh, I think that it was a, a, a solid enough elegy. yeah. <laughs> uh... Build are you are you ready to move on to our our final album? We have uh Gucci Manes The Burr Print 3D, the movie from 2009
1: Gucci man's a lie, why try me like I'm young, bro, and I'm gonna make your eyes cry. Gucci like a track, Gucci like the smoke, and Gucci on the rise while you niggas going broke. Gucci. Gucci man's a tree. Tell me something that I don't know. I got caught in early morning. This
0: was one of the first. Gucci Mane projects I ever listened to, Um, I believe it is perhaps the peak of what people call mixtape era Gucci, Um, and yeah, I think it's just the perfect embodiment of everything that trap music should be. It's like it has just instant, like instant cool, like he doesn't have to try it. hard at all it has like the loud drums and the hi-hats it has like outrageous raps about drugs and sex and violence and luxury cars and houses and goods and I don't know I think there's nothing uh, that I don't like about this album and you know a lot of people talk about Gucci currently because he kind of had this Makeover from when he was incarcerated from 2014 to 2016, and he came out really healthy and releasing pretty solid material still. Uh, but everyone was like, "Oh, he's a clone." That was like the the kind of go to line that everybody was saying. But um, I think you'd be hard pressed to find someone who doesn't prefer most of the the mixtape era music. It was a little a little grittier a little crazier, um, though I'm, I'm happy that he's clearly in a better place mentally and physically at this point. Uh, but yeah, no, the Burprin 3D of the movie, um, a classic trap mixtape, how do you feel about Bill?
1: I almost, not quite almost, miss the era in which I'd go to sites like DatPiff and download gucci mixtapes lil wayne mixtapes etc and then burn them on cd i still have you know spindles like you know 50 cd spindles of all these uh mixtapes i burned uh 10 15 years ago and as you know old timers will say it it just it just seems to mean more when you have to go through that effort to to do that but uh, Gucci Mane is a safe bet, and uh, I love this album ob- or mixtape. Obviously, you know my my only take, Aaron, is that I'll never cease to marvel at the speed of rap's evolution. This mixtape's only twelve years old, but it sounds like it comes from another planet now, because you know rap has moved so far past this sound, and it's just it sounds dated, not in a bad way, but that era in hip hop is gone, you know, in, 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 rap, what, three months is like, you know, 25 years in blues or classical or, you know, another other forms of music that just don't change much, but yep. that's what makes it rap exciting. Is it the rap three months from now? won't sound like the rap that's popular at this moment.
0: Yeah. And, uh, I think it's kind of natural that, um, trap music move of course be, from where it was at this point in time but i do really miss it because like a lot of the players involved like most of them are still around and making music you know you have gucci main gz and then a little bit later on young dolph and um Waka flock of flame and and some of some of the first probably waka verses that people heard were probably um this mixtape and those that surrounded it, because I think his first single came out in 2009 and that's when this mixtape came out. Um, but yeah, no, as, as a time capsule, but also just as what I believe to be the best era of trap music is when it kind of like, you know, GZ and TI and Gucci Mane all kind of laid the groundwork in the kind of late aughts, And, but as it kind of expanded to like this giant internet presence with all these, like, like all the, all the artwork got more colorful. I think people were like figuring out Photoshop and how to make these crazy, like not, not to say that the earlier album covers were not cool. Like they were like, you know, I think, but they were like pen and pixel inspired, but like way more kind of colorful and intricate uh, at times. Like with, you should definitely look up. Uh, the cover of this, this mixtape, if you have not seen it. Uh, but I don't know, I think that it was really, it felt really dangerous in that era, dangerous and new, and, in a way that drew me in kind of like punk rock did. And, you know, of course, over the last decade, like, you know, a, a sound cannot remain dangerous while being uh, commercially successful like it has been. So like even even Gucci and Dolph's recent material and artists that they work with, it just, the the produ- like and, you know, the produ- production would get tired if it sounded the same as it did a decade ago. So while they're still putting out great music, um, I think this era in specific is always gonna hold like a very special uh, place in my heart. Like, I, I love, like, I think maybe my favorite Gucci Mane song of all time is on here. It is the first full song Dope Boys which it takes the melody from in the hall of the mountain king and just like explodes it and makes it into like a trap banger like there and there's all these quotable lines and like just really quippy crazy raps and you know Gucci Mane doesn't like he's not rapping fast he doesn't have like an insane like melodic delivery like is kind of standard now but like it's it's really as I think as tough as you could find them in that era.
1: Yeah, dope boys makes me want to run through a wall. <laughs> and, and there, there is, as you said, an actual sense of danger. This is lawless music yep. for lawless people, and it, it is so exciting. It feels like uh, you're doing something wrong when you're listening to it. You know, you just hope that uh, the cops don't pull up yep. because it's that kind of music.
0: No, yeah. And oh, um briefly, um, I had a few quick hits on this. I, Candy Lady is kind of a cool song that I forgot about, which it's kind of like, it's like snap music, if if you're familiar no, with that. It's term. funny,
1: because that, that's one of my least favorite songs, because mm-hmm. I assume it's DJ drama, doing all that shouting. That's the only element of this mixtape I don't care for. Oh, wow.
0: Okay, well candy lady i like because it's like snap music which is like the kind of like which it's kind of a derivative of crunk music but it's kind of toned down and a little poppier uh so it's like d4l soldier boy them franchise boys that whole sound so it's kind of funny to hear gucci Mane trying out that style but dj drama um i love i, I love that he's all over this tape because like you know most most mixtape djs that that like shout over the tracks like you know they 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 can be hit or miss and when when they miss like it, it it is pretty annoying but i think dj drama is the absolute best at that style of mixtape hosting and it's funny because i saw gucci mane the one time i've seen him was opening for the weekend at sprint center and what? nope of course nobody was there to see gucci mane so like the crowd was fairly dead for most of the set and like i'm glad i got to see him but I had a lot more fun at. Um, I saw Snoop Dogg and Wiz Khalifa co-headline at Sandstone with Kevin Gates and DJ Drama was playing between sets. He was DJing and hear it like to hear him doing those shouts, like those drops, in person. I was like kind of losing my mind, and like nobody around me seemed to care. They were just busy rolling their blunts and everything. But I was like, oh, that's him it's dj drama that's crazy um so i you know i i love his his presence on this tape and yeah do you have do you have any final notes
1: here bill yeah, is, uh that's your favorite one Gucci of my, my favorite is bun b at it in this era ugk was one of my favorite acts yep. and bun b is here uh doing drug talk and it's so good. Uh, they're 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 all also these skits. Of course, they're skits. Yeah, no the skits uh, rock. In which, yeah, but it's it's the skits are pretty smart in that it's him defending his image, and it's really interesting because even though he's filled with bluster, you can tell he's really hurt when people talk smack, and the vulnerability he shows is sweet in a way.
0: Yeah, no, he has like his, his personality, you know, is is a very important part of his music. And I think like, it's, it's funny that he's, he's almost like a Tony Soprano style character. Now that I'm thinking about this, cause he's like one, like the, you know, he, he makes his case for being like the baddest, toughest guy in Atlanta and the best rapper in Atlanta. But then he, he like has these skits where he's like kind of like, oh, and in his raps, he's also very funny too. And he's like kind of joking around and like being very kind of open and, uh, and like, yeah, vul- kind of vulnerable at times in, in these skits. So it's kind of like the, the kind of sweet, funny mobster is, is this character he's playing. And I, I think there's, that, that's a classic character.
1: So he has more than a hundred albums and mixtapes. How many of those have you listened to Aaron? And what made you choose this one for this episode of this podcast?
0: Um, I've probably listened to somewhere between one and two dozen of them. Um, And I I chose this one kind of just, yeah, I do. I did see it as the peak of, from what I know of his mixtape era, which I feel to be his best, era so you know i think this is kind of was just kind of the best of the best and uh if if this i think if this mixtape doesn't turn you into a gucci main fan i don't know if anything really will
1: yeah this is the one and if anyone's turned off by the commercial feel of his current music and his collaborations with big stars that he keeps doing now it's the, the don't let that scare you off from this era, as Aaron said. This is the real stuff, and I I could li- I could live happily for a month just going through nothing but this kind. You know the these mixtapes from this era. Yeah. Uh, man, it I was so glad you uh, revived this, Aaron. Thanks. Oh, of course, yeah.
0: Uh, Bill, what do you what do you have to plug?
1: I'm getting my second vaccination tomorrow. Nice. And uh, people in Kansas City and around the world should watch out because I'm going to be raging.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, as we were discussing, it's going to be uh, an interesting summer, I think. <laughs> yeah. Where where can people find your, your writing? So. Uh,
1: I blather endlessly at... My music diary, ThereStandsTheGlass.com. I write about all things Kansas City Jazz at PlasticSax.com.
0: Awesome. Uh, yeah. People you? Can, yes. People can follow at ShellcockMag on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. ShellcockMag.BigCartel.com is the web store. ShellcockMusic.com is the website. Um, subscribe wherever you're listening to this. Share it if you like it. Um, the the first issue of Shellcock's print zine is out now still. Uh, you can... I have, a f- I have a few copies left, so you can order one on the web store if if you're interested in that. It's two bucks plus a few bucks for shipping, or you can pick it up for free at locations around Kansas City and Lawrence. And uh, issue two will, will be out next month. I'm hard at work on that, so... Yeah. Thank thank you. Thank you all for, for listening.